What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the second broadcast of the Forever I Love Atlanta Sports Podcast with your boy, the real one, baby, and my partner in crime. Can't introduce himself. I can introduce myself to compare the internet's mom. Hopefully, everybody had a um, great Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. So, speaking of the Super Bowl, um, I would like to pretty much say that my predictions was I did predict the Patriots to win, but my scores was all way off. I'm pretty sure everybody's prediction of the score was way off. No one predicted a low-scoring game like it was yesterday. 13 to 3. Like if anybody would have told me 13 to 3, like even hours before the Super Bowl, I would say you you really playing. Like you you smoking something. So what's your uh, take, uh, coach? Uh I had 30 to 27. And uh I had the Rams winning. So obviously I was way off. I picked with my uh I picked with my heart as the week went on. I started thinking about it. Everybody started telling me, you really think Brady going to lose two in a row? And the more I started thinking about it, like, yeah, he's not going to lose two in a row. So uh, I was way off, way off with the score, way off with the prediction, everything. So, yeah, I got it you can't think In the game of football, man, you can't think with your heart, man. You play with heart, but you got to think with your mind, man. Everything is, is like, really mental. Would it come to the game of football? Like I, we picked I, knew, I knew they would come out there and like I knew they was gonna like outperform the Rams. I mean, you know, it looked like it was just tough for the Rams to get it going without without uh, Gurley. You got to have a running game, man. You know, you already know my philosophy: run the ball, stop the run. Golf look look uh, look lost without the running game. Some of the, you know, like I heard the announcer say a few times last night that it didn't look like the Rams opened it up. It looked like they were just running comebacks. I saw a dig or two. I didn't see any combination routes. I didn't see, I didn't see anything like, you know, they were trying to take a shot down the field and occupy safety and looked like they were just running, you know. But yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, I got. Gurley was hurt. Everyone knew Gurley was not 100%. I don't even think he was 90%. Um, so the Patriots didn't even take him out of the equation. Like, the like Gurley took himself out of the equation, pretty much playing himself and playing the whole team, thinking that he was okay, and he's not. Um, like, C.J. Anderson has pretty much been, I ain't going to say a force, but he was playing well throughout the entire playoffs, and Yesterday, they didn't really get him enough. I feel like they didn't give him uh, enough snaps to C.J. Anderson. And on top of that, we knew golf. We know golf. All right, we know he's not. Uh, he's not really a good quarterback. And you know, he's still young. He's what been in the league three or four years. You gotta, you gotta take that into consideration. And then they lost, you know, Cooper Cup early in the season. So they lost their, you know, I don't care what anybody say. Oh, Bernie Cruz is better. Like, well, that's debatable. But he lost one of his receivers. In the uh, regular season, um, it just – and I can't really blame it on golf. Everybody said, oh, golf is trash, golf is trash. Golf is golf, all right? We knew what we, we knew what he was going to do, all right? 
But at the same time, I feel like the coaching let the Rams down. Like the Rams coach, the Rams coach, Sean McVay let the Rams down. All right. He did not do enough plays to like schematically get get his guys in the rhythm, get golf in the rhythm to make um, good throws. Like I didn't see like what they should have done, what they should have did a few, you know, they should have dinked and dunked. On the um, Patriots, um, on on the Patriots secondary, and they didn't even they didn't even do a good job at that. They're forcing throws, and we know how golf is. When like, he get a little pressure, he panics and he just throw the ball up for grabs. And that's, that's how important Gurley is because one thing Ty Gurley doesn't get as much credit for because we look at how big he is, but Ty Gurley can get to the edge. Yes. Anderson can't do that, you know, so uh, it's, you know, I want to say it's easier to stop him, but you know where he's going. Ty Gurley yeah. can go inside or outside. So uh, that just shows you that, you know, without Gurley in there, you can slip an extra DV in there and without the threat, I mean, you know. Yeah, but, but like I said, CJ Anderson was playing well throughout the playoffs, all right? They should have what they should have done. Like your run game opens up your uh, passing. All right, if they would have ran the ball more last night, that would have opened up something for golf and the receivers to do. Like they didn't even they didn't run the ball enough, man. They didn't. Like I'm just calling the spade a spade. Like McVeigh, I think he just you know young coach wet still wet behind the ears. You know he got. You know, he got shell-shocked against the mighty Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. You know, it was a big it was a big scene, you know. And I hate that he got embarrassed in his hometown, you know. I, trust me, in, in my heart, I wanted the Rams to win. But I knew, you know, I knew the Patriots was going to end up winning. But how the way the Rams lost, like, I'm just still – I'm still shocked. Like, y'all had the number one offense – one of the best offenses in the, in the league behind, I say behind the Chiefs, and y'all didn't even score a touchdown. Yeah, that was the shocking part, I guess. Yeah, the the low output because if anything, we thought we see scoring. That that's that's what everybody thought they would see scoring. So to to just see, um, and you know, a, a good t- take on Twitter and everywhere you saw all day was. Did we see good defense by the Patriots or was it bad offense by the Rams? <laughs> you know, uh, I think it was a little bit of both, but, you know, um, a few times. And, and what we're talking about the Rams as well, it's not like the Patriots were lighting up the scoreboard either. So I saw yes, uh, everybody kept saying that oh, the game. Yeah, everybody said, oh, the game was bored. The game was bored. I liked the game last night. I love to see oh, two bored. teams defense. I'm talking about defensive low-scoring games. I love seeing that. I you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm a defensive I'm a defensive guy through and through. So me too. I, I love defense, but I only want to see a defensive battle when my team is playing. It's hard to enjoy <laughs> a defensive battle when it's not my team playing. When it's just a random game going on, man. You know. But yeah, my team in a defensive battle, then you can root for it. You know, but fun, but. It's the Super Bowl, man. I was, you know, I had my Super Bowl snacks already together and eating, and man, I want to see something happen. <laughs> so, you know, I was a little bored, but you know, I certainly can appreciate a defensive game. I love defense. 
but it it was boring. I was just bored yesterday. The game was boring. Nothing was happening. You know, I don't even know if it was just the defensive battle, the game. I guess it there weren't really, really a ton of big plays being made on defense. I mean, you know, a couple of guys got their hands in the quarterback's face, but I guess it was a couple of sacks, you know, but it was just I was bored. I was really bored yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Well, I said I like the game. It wasn't the best game I saw, but I really think it was I really thought it was a good game. Um, like I said, you know, the Patriots won, they won a six ring. You know, um, like I said we really didn't see any offense at all. Like, do you really think do you really think that this is pretty much towards the end of the Patriots dynasty? Do you think this is probably the last Super Bowl they probably win? This is Patriots, no. <laughs> no. I'm not no the Patriots, no. No. No, I mean uh it's interesting now that you bring up the six ring thing because I saw on Twitter this morning um the first one of the first things I saw the tweet said Brady's six championships are more impressive than Jordan's. And I was like, hmm, I thought that. So What's funny is I posted it in a chat I have with a bunch of my cousins. We talk about sports stuff. And one of my cousins, he had a very interesting take. And he said he does believe it's more uh, impressive because he said in the NBA, the best team wins because you play seven games. He said in the NFL, the best team doesn't win. You have to you have to get it done on that Sunday. He said Brady got it done six times. You know, we know he would lost three, uh, but Brady. Yeah, I, 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 I get your point, but you know, I, I thought you know that was my cousin Jay Carter. I was like, wow, I thought it was a very, very interesting point. And a few other people you saw when I put it on Twitter, a lot of people said, yeah, they do. You know, do think it's more impressive. Obviously, some people didn't, but I, I don't know. You know, I don't. Know. I it's like comparing apples to oranges. Like, I'm sorry, like I'm not trying to be a hater or anything like that. And trust me, I. I like Tom Brady because for the you know the allegiance he had with University of Michigan, but go blue. <laughs> but anyway, but like my my take on this is it's basketball, okay? Those players are playing both offense and defense. All right, the only time they get off the court is when they are subbing out, like when the coach subbed them out for a few minutes or whatnot. Like, you got to think about the, the time era, the era when Jordan was playing. Like, he won six rings within a decade, like, less than a decade. Brady has won six rings, like, in the span of 18 years, all right? And you got to think about the numbers he put up. And so, he knew that, you know, it was field goal, helped him, saved, saved his behind. To a two foot two field goal safeties behind. Um TO got hurt, you know, TO, I'm pretty sure TO was, was healthy in that uh, with the Eagles in 2004. I'm pretty sure the Eagles would have probably beat the um the Patriots. That's just my that's my take. That's my take. All right. He lost two to the Giants. Okay. Um pretty much what uh Pete Carroll calling a dumb play. Which led to an interception in the last seconds of the game. 
Malcolm Butler's interception, you know, that saved Brady. They went away a fourth ring. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan dumb behind. I'm not even, I don't even want to talk about his dumb behind. You know, we saved we, the city of Atlanta, or I'm mean, going to say the city of Atlanta, but Kyle Shanahan pretty much bailed the Patriots out when his field yeah. was. This postseason, he had, what, two touchdowns, three interceptions, I think? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the stat in this postseason, yeah. two touchdowns, three interceptions. But, but Coach, check this out, though. Outside of the sixth Super Bowl, look, outside of the Super Bowl he won last night, all the other Super Bowls that they went, they won was like a, a one-digit, um, they won by like single digits. Yeah. Last night, they won by 10 points. This is like the first time... This is like the first, like the first Super Bowl out of the all all six of their Super Bowls that they won a Super Bowl with double digits. Yeah, they won two of them from military kicks. Exactly, two on military kicks, um, an interception, and we blowing the lead. So, like I said, I don't, I don't think yes, winning six Super Bowls as a player, yeah, that is that's impressing. Like, um, Bill Romanowski, you know, when he played for the uh, 49ers back in the 80s and when he played for the Broncos in the 90s, he won six, seven appearances or whatnot, all right? But, like, I can't put him – you cannot put Brady on the same pedestal as Jordan. Like, they, they're, two, they, they're two different sports from two different eras. The, 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 the whole question stumped me, really. The, the question stumped me. I was like, man, I, I I just thought it was interesting reading the tapes, but, you know, more impressive? I don't... Like I don't say, think I'm, so. I'm yeah, I'm kind of stumped. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Basketball, like I said, basketball, like football is a totally different sport, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. one sport that you play one you play one side of the ball. You play offense and when the offense is not on the field, you on the you you're on the sideline watching the game. You're going over plays or whatever. All right. Basketball, you on the court. You playing offense, you playing defense. Okay? Baseball, like you playing defense and it was up yeah, you get you hitting. All right. <laughs> you hitting. Same thing with hockey and uh hockey and um and uh, soccer, right? You playing offense and you playing defense. What's our next question? Okay. Uh, well, I think we're going to be in the rotation to host multiple Super Bowls in the near future. Uh, they a lot of a lot of people, a lot of journalists who came to Atlanta, they love they they enjoyed their time. They enjoyed their time. The weather helped up. Okay, yeah, it rained a few days, and they said, you know, early last week, they said it was supposed to snow, and never, nothing came. <laughs> saved, saved everything. But I think we're going to be in in a, in a rotation to host another Super Bowl in the next four or five years. I think for the next, uh, who's I think the the next several are already are already decided. But yeah, um, the consensus is what I'm getting is that uh, Atlanta did a great job. I actually had to be downtown, like I told you last week, Friday night and Saturday night. And um, as a local, I didn't have any problems 
getting where I was trying to get. It was one of those things that if you wanted to be in the traffic, you know, it wasn't hard to find, but if you knew your way around. So I got to where I was going and, you know, um, consensus is everybody didn't, you know, had a good time. Now, hood report <laughs> that I got, the hood report was, man, there were fights everywhere, but it was mostly inebriated fans and, you know, one-on-one -on -one fights and stuff like that. Not, you know, not too many melees, but, you know, people, my, the hood report, oh man, they were fighting everywhere, but it wasn't, it wasn't the hood fighting, it was <laughs> drunk fans, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they went to some, you know, hole in the wall club or whatnot and, you know, got into it. You know, no, but I'm talking, than, about, I'm talking about Centennial Park. <laughs> oh. I'm talking about what they had in the park on Saturday night. <laughs> I heard it man, that's you know, fights happen downtown a lot, man. Like, that's nothing new of Atlanta. Like, you can walk like five points or whatnot, and you go see a fight at least what <laughs> every three or four hours, like some crackhead or some junkie or some like, like thug or whatever just got upset. Oh, uh, and they they start you know fighting with that, but other than that, like that's that's just the culture of Atlanta. So as we turn the page to the next season, uh, one of the things we have Falcons wish list. What are three things that uh, you think, or or you would like to see, or even both, you think will happen or would like to happen? in the offseason realistic things and you notice we notice we're saying realistic for people mm -hmm. you know who think that you can trade a fourth round pick for <laughs> mvp type player my one realistic pick would be this most important thing is to sign grady jared to a long-term deal without now, i would like for them now he's not getting aaron down the money all right it's funny because he has the same agent as Aaron Donald. Him and Aaron Donald has the same agent. But in the reality that we live in, he's not getting 20 mil a year. He's no he's not getting nowhere near close to that. He didn't get like, I, have <laughs> like, I feel that he should get something between if it's between what 12 to 15 or 16 mil a year, that's perfect. That's perfect. Like right? we can do we, we we can work with that. We can work with that. And, you know, like I said, we can't do, we can't sign both Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley. I already know they're going to end up trade. They're going to try their best. They're going to try their best to trade Vic Beasley. We, we can sign Vic Beasley. It's just at what number? So what number are, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with keeping Vic Beasley if we keep him at the right number. Um, with the, the first thing is we have to shore up the O-line. And um, I'm pretty sure your boy Cedric Mills told me this several months ago on Twitter, and I was like, man, that's interesting. Very rarely do teams cut good offensive line. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, you know, we getting at, well, I guess we actually traded, but thinking that you're going to sign a top-tier O-lineman in free agency, you just look back at past free agencies, what top-tier linemen O-lineman hit for agency. So that's that's probably not going to happen that we're going to sign this, 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 you know, even above average or more than adequate guard or tackle in the free agency. It's a long shot to be thinking that. So 
you know, we're going to have to go, obviously, hopefully we'll get one in the draft, you know, that, that can perform and, and do the job. But, with you know, another tackle as well. We need another – we could really use two guards and a tackle. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm definitely willing to invest in the O-line and then Vic Beasley because I believe Vic Beasley can be successful if used correctly. He can't put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer every play. That's not going to work. But if we can stand him up, move him around, t- tandem him, bring him on some stunts, some insides, some twists, some things like that, he can be effective. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like I said, with O-line, they, you, you know, the, you, you, we know the dynamic of how we do things um, in offseason. They're going to end up finding somebody in, the, in, in for the offensive line in the free agency. Now, I would like for us to sign, or not sign, draft a guard in the second round of the draft. There are a lot of guys out there, like you got uh, Dalton Risner, you got um, Bradbury. Those are the guys, Bradbury from North Carolina State, and you have Risner from Kansas State. Those are guys that can, you know, that's going to be in the second round available to us at that 14th spot. Um, that we can pick up. Now, will they be ready like week one? No. But I promise you by the second half of the season, they should be, you know, be starting, you know, again snaps. Because, like, we know Brandon Fusco is going to be here another year or so, hopefully. But that left guard position is, like, wide open. Like, I, I really don't care what people say, oh, wow, West White, so he'll get better. I, my patience ain't ran thin with him. All right. My patience ain't ran thin with him. And my patience is pretty much starting to run thin with uh, Ryan Strader. Yeah, he had a bad year. But at the same time, like, you got to realize, like, like offensive line. And they start falling down. They start hitting that, that exactly. down power. Like, and exactly. I don't know if Ryan Strader has, has done that or not. Like, remember, we had Sam Baker. You know, we had Sam – we drafted Sam, Sam Baker the same year we drafted Matt Ryan. And after, what, 2012, we saw the decline of Sam Baker. Like, he was not – he was not – yeah, he kept getting injured and stuff. But um, my second my second thing would be um, to trade uh, Robert Offer for a pick. Like, that's realistic. Like – Robert Alford is not going to be on his team, but we're not going to let him. Walk. They're not. They're not going to really like five. Like Thomas Dimitrov, he's really he's very smart on how to move players around and get something get something out of them. You know, offer. I feel. Like, I feel like Alford and Vic Beasley, one of them, they can they can get traded for a pick. Now, a lot of Falcons fans they're going to sit up here and say, "Well, we can trade Alford for a first, second round pick." No. We're not getting no first first round or second round pick for Robert Offer. All right. If we can get a fourth or fifth round pick for Offer, I think that's a win win situation. Because the problem is, the problem is, we need more draft capital. Like, if we can get like 12 picks this season, we already have what, eight? If we can get like two more extra picks for the, in this draft, that, that's a lot of draft capital, and we can build up depth on this defense that we need through the draft. Instead of signing players or bombs off the street 
like we like we did with Jordan Richards and Terrell McClain spending all that money and what they do, like especially McClain, that was a waste of money and a waste of time. Now, Ricky, I'm pretty sure we could say we could have the rookie, we could have drafted the rookie, all right, and they could probably come in and do the same thing that Terrell McClain did. Only difference is he learning and he'll get the experience. So if you want to draft a, if if you want to draft a uh, offensive lineman in the second round, I'm assuming you want to take a D lineman in the first round. Yes, I, I, I've been saying this for a minute now. Christian Wilkins should, uh, should be your father. I know you did. I know. I was just playing for the cameras. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. That was actually leading me up to this point. So, if we're drafting Christian Wilkins, do we need to be re-signing Big Beasley? That's a good question. Um, you know. Like I said, like I said, it all it like it's it's about the cap, man. It's about moving players around to I mean, fit the cap. Because so it, it all it all depends. You got to realize this draft is is deep with a lot of defensive tackles and some pass rushers as well. Like you got guys like Carl Grandison that can that's going to be in the fourth to fifth round. That when we select them, we got to realize we got two fourth round picks and two fifth round picks. Well, all this right? is going to answer a lot of our questions right here. If we re-sign Vic Beasley, that probably will let us know we're not drafting a D lineman in the first round. Would you think so? We're still going to need. We still going to need. Either way, we're going D line in the first round. Yes, we still. Even if they sign, re-sign Vic Beasley, okay. It all depends on what we're doing. It all depends on what we're doing the free agency. If we can find another like D tackle to pair up right there with um with um Grady Jarrett. Then we may not go D tackle in the first round. We may go offensive lineman in the first round. So, but at the same time, I think a player like Christian Wilkins, who's very versatile, who can play through, you know, who can play right there side by side with Grady Jarrett, and also you can move him to strong side the end. That's been the problem for us for the past several years. We do not have a strong D end. So, strong so side end. Resign Vic, go D tackle, and if we don't resign Vic, we obviously take the best D lineman there, one of the tackles or the ends. That's what you would do. I I, I can't be. That's pretty much sound like what you're saying. What you would do, and I, I I can't I can't be against that notion. One thing I do know is, uh, man, best player available. I didn't used to believe in that philosophy, but now I do. Best player available, except. Obviously, we'll make an exception at quarterback if you have a, a, a quarterback already that you've invested in that you're not getting rid of, no matter how good he is. <laughs> if you have a quarterback, you know, but other than that, best player available. So uh, I think we need to take the best player available. I don't want to get pigeonholed into taking an offensive lineman in the first or second round that is a fourth rounder because we need an offensive lineman. I don't want to do that. And earlier on this, a couple earlier this week on Twitter, a guy asked me, he was like, you know, would you, would you just keep drafting running backs? You know, if you a better running back out. And I was like, well, one, a running back, you take Saquon, he's a general, uh, generational talent. 
Saquon, a Saquon Barkley doesn't come out every year. So yes, if you're picking in the top five and a guy like that is available, yes, you take him because he's not only available every 10 years. So if there's a guy like that with talent, I don't, let's not draft a guy when we know there's other guys who are better. I don't think I get, the position he plays. Let's take the best. I get, I get what you're saying, but but the problem was you got to look at look back at last year's draft first round pick, um, Calvin Ridley. All right, Calvin Ridley is a great player, but we know what we needed last year. I we didn't resign Pope. We knew we needed a defensive tackle. Okay, what happened? We went with best player available. We went with best player available because like we knew, we Steve Sarkeesian behind was on. It was a, a, a smart and safe pick for us for for Sarkeesian. Okay. Yeah, you want yeah, you want to approve your roster, but 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 you gotta understand you gotta understand this coach. Like the game is one in the trenches. The game is one in the trenches. We like you seen you seen that this last you seen how this was last year with like we couldn't stop the run, okay? We couldn't stop the run. We can't get any like our pass rush was was horrible because like you know, and you gotta think about it like this here too. Vic Beasley played a lot of snaps, and a lot of people keep keep thinking that Vic Beasley is a defensive end. He's not a defensive end. He's a pass rush specialist. Look at his weight; like he's too small to be a, a, a defensive end. I agree. This is why when you try to do that speed rush and he get caught by a, a, a tackle, he can't do nothing. Look how small he, he is. Punished, but like I said, we need, we need a guy. Like, we need a guy. Like, we need a, a guy. A strong side DN who weighs like between two, no, no less than two seventy five. I say two seventy five is too small, in my opinion. Christian Wilkins is like what two eighty, three hundred pounds, something, something like that. All right. You get somebody like that to play strong side DN who can pretty much eat up blocks, and that way guys like linebackers like Campbell or doggone uh, Debo can um can can shoot the gap and make a tackle on these uh, running backs. I agree. I do agree also that the game is run in the trenches, but I believe one way your trenches get messed up is drafting guys in the first or second round linemen who you know are fourth or fifth round guys. That's but we know, but we, we, we know this, and we know that um, we know Dan Quinn, he's he's a D-line specialist. He, he, he knows who... He don't really know, but that's why we got Mike Malarkey here. He, Mike Malarkey knows how to draft and knows how to uh, develop offensive linemen and tight ends. But I feel like if Christian Wilkins is available at fourteen, we're going Christian Wilkins. I'm saying this now, live February four, two thousand nineteen. If Christian Wilkins is available, we're getting Christian. We're getting Christian Wilkins, unless we splash some. Um, high profile or some great good um, defensive tackle in free agency, which I don't see happening because we don't have the money. Well, I will. I would rather get a rookie, draft him, you know, and build him up, and we'll we'll be straight. But. Yeah.
But yeah, but offer. I feel like going back to my picks. I feel like offer should be traded for a fourth, for a fourth, a fifth round pick. All right, that'll give us more draft capital to pretty much build this depth up on our on our defensive uh, on our defense. Um, third, my third take will be like I don't know what we go. I don't like. I said I don't know what they're gonna do, with Ryan Schrader. Like. We said we heard the um we heard Dan Quinn what over a month ago saying that only two offensive linemen that are safe on this team is Matthews and Matt. Those two players who made the Pro Bowl. So outside of outside of that, like we don't know. Like I expect a lot of people who's on this team is not gonna be on this team anymore. Definitely. And that or they're gonna they're gonna be asked to take a pay cut. They're gonna be asked to restructure. Now I I'm I'm against you know I want players to get paid, but at the end of the day, this is a business, and the Falcons are in the business of winning. Winning, like we don't have time to you know sit back and just be patient on players to to uh, develop. Like we don't have time for all that. Yep, he really wants to win now. Like he really wants to win now. Well, I mean, our our. Our marquee guys are in their later primes, you know. So our, our our marquee guys in a year or two won't be in their prime years. We should say so. Yeah, you know, our our, our window uh, our window is now. Well, like I said windows can open and windows can close, and like if we build a solid defense, like we really have, we really won't have to. Worry, we'll be straight, you know. Like, look at, look at, the, look how the Ravens won, and look how the look how the Patriots look. Look at the Patriots, how they won their their first Super Bowl. If you rewind back in nineteen ninety six when they went to the Super Bowl with uh, Doug Flute and Curtis Curtis Martin, they had one of the best offenses in the AFC, but they lost. And when Belichick got there in two thousand. He built that defense up. He built that defense up to like a well-oiled machine, and they was winning championships. So, like I said, like you know, windows can open and windows can close. But I really do see Quinn is trying to get a system and get us an identity, you know, here in Atlanta, so we can be that team. But we're not gonna be that team if we don't have, you know, we don't have the depth and we don't have the players, you know, to win with. All right. Well, this is uh once again you're here with uh, Coach Mario, the real one, baby, on Twitter, the Feli Sports Podcast. Forever, I love Atlanta, and my partner, the Don of the Hill. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Formerly known as <laughs> just call me the Don man. Formerly known as <laughs> just call um, me the Don. But like, we need to get into these questions though um, from people who who wrote us who wrote us in. Guys, write us in. Write write us in. You know, like hit us up. You know, DM us or. Um, you know, make comments in in our YouTube uh, on our YouTube channel. Please hit that like button, subscribe, um, share with other people. Um, the first question came from 
was his person. Spencer at what Fluffy29 Bread. Uh, they said another one for you guys is if see if you see any key players being cut this offseason and whether their roles will be replaced eternally through our current roster or externally through free agency and or the draft. Um well, I said we all don't think we're gonna be on the team next year. So no, you know, that's one we expect. Um possibly Sanu. You know, let's you know, people when we it first came out on Twitter, people say you you wanna cut Sanu like that doesn't mean you want to cut him, okay? So nobody, I'm not saying I want to cut Muhammad Sanu. I'm just saying that saving his money is a possibility, and I bet that the organization is looking into that with the emergence of Yalvin Ripley. So that is a possibility. It doesn't mean I want Muhammad Sanu gone. I reiterate. I think Sanu will come back, but I know one person who probably won't come back. It. It all depends. Like you gotta, you gotta weigh your options out. Sanu or Coleman? Which one? All right, Sanu or Coleman? Sanu or Coleman? Ooh. Like I feel, I feel, I feel like Sanu has more value. This man is he can he can block. Okay, he can come out in that twelve gauge formation and, and throw the ball. Well, you know, one um, on the contract and one won't be. So that's a big difference as well. <laughs> But my my take on it, I, I feel like they're gonna find they're gonna find a way for Sanu to be on on his team. Jeff, you gotta think about this too. Hardy's not coming back. Mm -hmm. All right, Hardy's not coming back. Hall might not return. So you're looking at some of these receivers, at all these core receivers. Some of them are gonna be gone. You know, we just gonna be left with who? Yeah, you gonna be left with and Hardy in the same sentence. Huh? I guess he been here. You put core receiver and Hardy in the same sentence. I guess he's core because he's been here what three, four years. Well, they all of the, they all the receivers on the depth chart. Yeah, so I know. I'm just messing. Yeah, with they all the receivers on the depth chart. So I think those receivers are going to be end up leaving. Like just with I, you know, I was a big fan of Hardy when he first came here. You know, but I feel like he didn't get enough reps. You know, once uh, Sanu came and you know he just never. You know, he couldn't get up to his full potential because he just didn't get enough reps. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's the well, next question we have? But um, but yeah, bright. So the, that's that's another. But on defense, I think Poole gonna end up leaving. So I, I think he's talking about Poole. Poole's gonna be back. Well, I think Poole's gonna be back. That's one I think. I think Poole's gonna be back. To T uh um. DQ likes uh pool. He you know he he's all the story he told about he, about pool. I, I I think we'll see pool in Atlanta next year. But is he worth the second round tender though? Pool that's the thing. Not second round. He's third, fourth round, not second nope. round. They, they say second round tender. They say second round tender. He's not he's not uh <laughs> No, not that second. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, but then again, I mean, I, I don't know because you're talking about a guy who, like him or not, you're talking about a guy who plays a, a lot of snaps. I mean, he he's we've seen good, very good. He's going to get taken away. His snaps are going to end up getting taken away from him because you got. Um, we know the number one is is true. Then you got Oliver. Oliver's going to be number two. 
And then Casey, Casey's going to be three. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be the nickel. He's going to be a nickel. So Poole probably be a dime, and we rarely play dime uh, formation. Rarely. And would you pay that much for a person just to be a dime back? Like, I, I wouldn't, you right. know. Yeah, you have seen right the economics. You are you right there. I can't I can't argue with that. Yeah. And another thing, like I've been getting, you know, I've been getting blasted off this for saying this for the past few months. I they may end up trading or, or you know getting rid of uh, Devondre Campbell. You know, for, I, the emergence of four four year four year Olicone, like that. Uh, you know, if we could, if they trade him, if they trade um. Like uh, Campbell to another team for a pick or whatnot. Hey, he can easily, easily come back. He can easily be gone. Like I said, like a lot of people. I just hope a lot of people don't get too invested in all these players because this roster could probably look a little different come um come this summer. So. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And another question came from uh, Cindy Jones at Cindy zero two zero four six three nine four. Dang, is this her phone number or something on here? <laughs> she said, um, what do we think about, <laughs> "She said, what do we think about the secondary, offensive line, and pass rush? Um, what do we need to do to get better in those positions?" Um, I think get I said, better, better, huh? Get better players. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I, think I, I, I think our secondary is is okay. It's just a weak link. Last year was doggone Robert Alford. Robert Alford got picked on a lot. All right, I feel that if we get better in our pass rush, which is the the thing that she asked, if we get better in our pass rush, our secondary is going to look way better. Like. You got to think about like defense. It's 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 like core, like a um a core. All right, you miss one core, then the other the the machine is not going to work. You got to have all the pieces. You got to have all three cores for order for, for your defense to work well. If not, is your defense is going to be flawed. All right, you have to be able to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, as much as we kill Vic B, Be- um, Vic Beasley, you know. Uh, Tack didn't exactly, you know, just tear it up in the sack department. I mean, what in the first first four weeks he had four and a half or you know whatever he did. But so we kill him, Vic, and uh, we see Tack getting near the quarterback. We see Tack bull rushing, but Tack has to develop uh, some other moves as well. Yes, and I think I think Tack is going to have a big jump this year. Like that's just that's just my opinion. I, I think you got to think about this too. Like I've I've been saying this as well. Like Tack, and I love Tack, and I'm pretty sure Tack gonna listen to this. I'm gonna go share this with Tack. He's still a kid, okay? He's still a little kid. When I look at, he's still a kid. All right, and it takes time for these players. Sometimes for these players to mature and to like get their mind right and just have a mind just set on stretch football. And I think when we first drafted him, like you know. He, you know, he don't. He, he's a, he's a, he's an athlete. All right, he's very talented. He knows how to get to the quarterback, but we really haven't seen the best of Tap McKinley, and I think we're going to end up seeing it 
next year or the year after next. We really gonna see something special in, in, in him. Um so offensive line, we already said about we already talked about offensive line. Like we just got it, we need to get better guards. We need to get better guards. So Yo, Mike mute, man. <laughs> Coach got to fix himself. Yo, Mike is mute. All right. All right, well, since we waiting on Coach to get it, I guess he has some technical di uh, difficulties on his side. Um, I'm just ready for pretty much baseball season to come along. I will be at SunTrust Park a lot this year to cheer on the Braves. Uh, hopefully, y'all come on out and support the Braves. I really think we're going to do a better playoff run than we did last year. We're going to win more than one game. Hopefully, we can get it to the NL NLCS. And you know, do a better job. All right. So, well, I guess Coach said that his internet is gone. So we're going to end our show here, guys. Please um, like, share, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you guys next week for another um, Forever I Love Atlanta Sports Podcast. Um, Y'all have a safe night. And be safe. I'll let you guys.